Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. John Von Tobel is here. Reno's in ESPN Reno. Steve Cofield, Vegas is here. Father Southern Nevada. ESPN Las Vegas. Damon, as well. His car is back. That's good. He won a bet today. Got a bunch of pizzas and some uh, energy drink. When it rains, it pours, baby. Yep. What a week he's going to have. A lot of pizza this week. A lot of pizza. Can't wait for him to lose his, all of his money gambling next weekend and get his car towed for something ridiculous. No. Don't do it again, please. Not please. repo, just towed because he parked in, the, like, parked in the wrong spot. You think this is the high of the week and it's all going to be lows? <laughs> I mean, when you get high, there's only one way to go. The come down's coming. I had a great college football Saturday. You know it's and immediately we came right back down the next day. Sunday was a disaster. Oh yeah, we'll get the update on John Von Model, and we'll probably have uh, Matt Jacob, our betting expert today, mock on you. I don't know if he'll be. I don't know if he's comfortable enough on the show to dig into us. We'll see. We'll try to goad him to attack you, John Von Model. I know things. Yes, big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. I don't like lowering the bar. Like I was telling you guys during a break, and I'm not going to do this for more than like 15 seconds. I don't need to lower the bar for the Jets at quarterback. It's not acceptable what Zach Wilson is. He sucks. And that game yesterday was stupid. So I'm not going to lower the bar. Well, you know who he is. I don't care. I'm not lowering the bar of quarterback play. Just like I'm not lowering the bar on the national anthem. I'm sorry. Do you want to explain what happened with the Bucks and one of our hometown heroes, sort of? He's been here forever. Flavor Flav. Yeah. He sang the, he sang the national anthem yesterday at the Bucks game. What did we talk about lowering the bar? Did he ever really sing over the course of his career with uh, Public Enemy? No. Okay. But we found out, I will say with other hip-hop artists, some can sing pretty well. Like, I think I know people like Usher, up here is buddy. Want to mock on this guy, but T Pain can sing. We saw him do some uh, acapella a couple of years ago, maybe like five years ago. Oh, so yeah. the so the Bucks rolled the dice. Flavor Flav doing the national anthem. Okay. And the Rockets red flare, the bombers John took a knee, Yep, and DeMond had his hand over his heart. I actually thought he did good. Did well. From what I was expecting when I saw, yeah, holy well, smokes, Flavor Flav's about to sing the National so Anthem. So that is the Zach Wilson of the National Anthem. Because right. as I told you guys during a break, I think every announcer is now rooting for Zach Wilson. They're like, eh, pretty good. In a couple moments, like... He's not good. Uh, you and, know, and I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna go like he disrespected you know, our veterans, his rendition of the national anthem. I don't I don't I don't care that much. He tried. He's not good. It's my mistake. I thought we lived in America. I thought we lived in a Uh-oh. country where you could show passion about the country that you love and maybe you want to belt out its national anthem because it was a dream of yours, just like Flavor Flav did say on social media afterwards. Always been a dream to sing the national anthem. And he achieved that dream. You want to know why? You know what I heard? I heard a man that loves this country. 
I heard red, white, and blue, baby. That's what I heard. So sorry, Steve, if it's not your communist standards, but he loves America. Good old USA. Communist standards. What? This is a democracy, Steve. That's right. Everyone gets to sing the national anthem. And you only want it to be the elitist. The elite singers. That's not an elite. No, you're a bootlicker. You just want the elite of the elite to succeed. Right, the best singers to sing the song. And the rich to be rich. No, that's not. How did you just make that tie? Where are we on January 6, 2021, Steve? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the accusations! You got me! Number three. Number three. The proper answer to that is defending my country. Now, if you want a real hero, right, instead of embracing the communist, right, embracing the Marxist, the Chinese, we bring in Gavin Newsom, (laughs) who decided to hoop it up with nine-year-old Chinese boys. Did you see this highlight? I did. It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen, especially involving a country that we have a contentious relationship with. This is a message being sent. You think he did it on purpose? Uh, I would. So he tries to pose. He went, so first off, he did. He actually, can I say his, the his spin move, move was not bad. Okay, he tries to spin the basketball, gets a little success out of that. Yep. He's playing basketball, and they, they really are like what are they like eight or nine years old, maybe ten, right? A bunch of little Chinese boys, and he then he does a spin a spin dribble. When he comes back, he start he starts to lose his balance, and then honestly, there's a little kid who does not. Set his position. No. It's a block. He blocks. And Governor Newsom, he's going for the hole, and he freaking plows the kid down. I don't see what the controversy is. And then, you know, he he lovingly hugged him. They laughed. The kid seemed to have fun getting a knee to his face. That's the way it goes. Yeah. I mean, the problem is all these nerds just don't know ball. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, (laughs) true. People are watching that thinking that he, he comes off as the guy who can't play basketball. This kid has no idea what's going on. Huh? We're calling we're calling an and one on that if he's making that shot. Get in position. <laughs> That's right. And I think this one's right up your alley. Do you take it easy when playing sports against kids? What lessons do they learn if you let them win? Like if he like if Newsom just dribbled the ball in front of the little Chinese boy and let the kid swipe it away for a steal. It's not real. Of course. Is it real? No. That's let them experience life. Life is disappointing and awful. You've got to learn wow. it early. She keeps getting darker. You were very <laughs> contemplative yesterday, whacked on something, going to dark places. Now you're telling a little Chinese boy that life is going to suck. It's not getting any better than this. Enjoy, enjoy taking a charge from a famous American. That's right. We're getting, I guess, that I actually slipped there. It was not a charge. It was a block. Back. Freudian slip. Getting shamed. But I think a lot of people have his back. Jury Coffer. Yeah. I need to see him in the Celebrity All-Star game. Dude, like I'm telling you, the handles didn't look terrible. And so when the camera He's pans naive. over yeah. after he does the spin dribble, I think he went behind the back. Exactly. Because yeah. it looked like he was going behind the back. And he had, like, control of it when he came back around the camera. You know, there was a guy yeah, standing there. He beat there. the initial defender, and the other kid tries to step in for a cheapie. Sure. It's not going to fly. Can we also say, you don't have to hold on to the kid after you nail him. Like, oh, wow. You know, he you, was just like kind of bear hugging him. I was like, ha, 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 my bad. No, I've been like, get off me, man. Step what on are we doing here? <laughs> pull pull, pull Alan Iverson, right? Step over him. Learn how to move your feet. Boy, if he had stepped over him, turned around, and just, just, just hovered above him looking at him, that's hardcore. That's right. But message sent. Number two. It's funny how a lot of people had the opposite take on that one. I wonder why. 
play ball at Rucker Park. This is what we do. This is tremendous. Do we have an update on uh, Jordan Love and Justin Fields? PFF? Oh, I didn't get to look it up. Uh, Fields has got to be... Oh, well, the, the, the benefit is that he hasn't been playing. He's hurt. Yeah. And Love just looks worse every week. <laughs> I was going to say, and Love just continues to kind of be Jordan Love. So, What did you ever see in this guy that you took this bet against DeMond? DeMond said Fields would have it's a It's not what year. I saw in him. You thought Fields was dreadful? Yes. Jordan Love is... He's not good. It's not... Ooh, actually, I might have. Was his yard? I thought yards per catch yesterday was around six. Uh, they cannot see. throw down the field. And I, by the way, I saw someone make a reel of a couple of drops, and they're like, it's not love. It's the receivers. No, it's love. 73.6 overall grade for um, Justin Fields. Fields and a 64.5 <laughs> for Jordan Love. Damon on the field side, you're on the love side. It looks like it's pretty much a done deal. And this is what we talked about, which is why. And this is how about this? Damon didn't want to use PFF because I told him what was going to balance the table was the fact that it grades out. At, like the running aspect yeah. of Fields' game helps him because, like, if we're talking about like passer or everything, like like passing grade, for example, they're neck and neck. But because Fields is the better runner, he's going to have a lot more in his favor. They play, I think, like week fifteen, maybe week sixteen. Got one more. So the that's bear, when our clause bears, kicks in, though. The Remember. Bears and the Packers. What what's going to be on the line in that game? Well, because here's the, the thing. next quarterback. Oh no! Yes, oh, exactly. No. <laughs> Remember our clause. We have a clause. What is it? That if one sweeps the other. If that quarterback is within oh ten God. points, <laughs> they win. If that so saves George, you, so, love, so, so love. That's dreadful. Go out there, win, and as long as he's within ten points at the end of the year, I win. Which, by the way, I snuck that in because you have no idea about PFF grading. Ten points is a ridiculous march. Gigantic. <laughs> we got duped on that one. I'm an idiot. <laughs> is there any chance the Bears just play for a better pick? And this Bajent kid is out there the rest of the season. I, w- I also wonder if Camp Fields is like, eh, your thumbs hurt real bad. Sure. Stay out. Because it's it's probably in the Bears' interest to lose, well, it is, lose as much as possible, also retain some trade value on Justin Fields. And if well, I'm an organization that is without a quarterback or has a lousy option right now, would I bring Justin Fields into the mix? I guess I have to pay him. But would I trade some sort of conditional fourth to a third for Justin Fields? Yeah. Yeah, I mean the problem. The problem with that is generally when you're losing, right? You're you're trying to better your draft position, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't think they have a first round pick this year, right? Because they traded that's that off. Point. Or no, do they? They have no, two. They, they benefited. No, it's the other way around. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, with so the, uh, the trades last year. No, yeah, I'm sorry, I got that my thinking backwards. So yes, I mean, good point I think though. Too. Yeah, I just went with it. Good point. No, yeah, right. Everything number wins. one. Number one. Good nuanced conversation. I think if some NFL teams. Go out of character from being NFL teams, which means generally conservatism at the trade deadline. We could have a wild trade deadline tomorrow. I I believe Kyler Murray is a franchise quarterback. I also don't believe in all these organizations just waiting out. Hey, we'll get a top pick and we'll get our next quarterback. You're not going to get a top pick. You're not all getting a top pick. So for the Vikings, we know the Vikings are going in a different direction mm-hmm. from Kirk Cousins. Uh, did it come across yet? Because I know uh, the Cardinals already announced that Josh Dobbs will not be starting. Let me put the emphasis on the right right word. Will not be starting. Okay, I was gonna say. <laughs> it's Kyler Murray. I think there's like five or six organizations that should be trading for Kyler Murray. Why not the organization that has him? 
I think they're going to want to move on. If you think he's a franchise quarterback, though, then why why do you think the Cardinals want to move on? I think they want to move on. I'm not exactly sure what they're doing here right now. I think there's been too much damage done with him and that organization, and I know it's a you know it's a new GM and a new head coach. But I think they're playing them. They're they're kind of they're playing both sides here, because while they would like a top pick, they've got that extra pick, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. So they know they're going to have, you know, a couple of picks here in the top fifteen. I think they're going to try to showcase Kyler Murray. Why doesn't someone jump in front on the line and go get him? I think you only do that if you know you get the first overall pick. Like if you're not Cardinals? getting, the, yeah, if you're not getting the first overall pick, then. We're assuming it's Caleb Williams. Does he if can, he comes out, can Drake may be a good door prize? Can he be a very good second option quarterback in the draft? I mean, he could be, but the problem is, is that I don't think you like you think he's a franchise quarterback, and maybe he is, maybe right. he can be. And we're talking about Kyler Murray here. So then, do you risk not having him and taking the shot at what could be the second best quarterback in the class, and not the surefire prospect that people think Caleb Williams is? I think you move when you have that opportunity, not when you have the second best quarterback. On the way back, let's just go with the premise that the Cardinals want to move him. I want to see if you have any teams that should be stepping up to try to trade for him. You know what the cost is, and it is prohibitive, but you potentially have your franchise quarterback in place instead of playing this mystery game like so many organizations may be facing over the next three years. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Give him a call anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400. you got to dial 775 in the north. So the end of that last block, it was becoming pretty clear, and Damon hadn't chimed in yet, but he said something during the break. Uh, I'm the only like high-level Kyler Murray backer in the room. I don't think that's true. Okay. I just don't know. Like You're speaking about him as he is a known commodity, and I just don't know if that's the case. He's we have a, seen highs and we have seen lows. He's a top-10 quarterback in the NFL who's 25 years old, who's been coached and GM'd by a very immature organization. What are you looking up? Uh, top 10 seems very strong. Very strong. He's top 10. Uh, that seems... The run-pass combo is off the charts. He's been so, really poorly coached. Uh, and and a big part of it is his maturity, and that's on him. But I think if he gets with the right organization and the right mentors, that he can explode as a top 7 quarterback. Right now he's a top 10 guy. Two or Kyler? Kyler. <laughs> I see. No, no. Kirk Tua, Cousins or Tua, Kyler? Tua is a good thrower of the intermediate pass, and the offense is built for him because they have mega speed all over the field. Yeah. Kyler Murray's escapability is off the charts. You're He's got a freaking to, gun. Trying to convince yourself here. No, I'm not. I, I really believe. I actually I believe there are about six or seven teams that are just going to go through another three years of just stupidity. With their current quarterback situation, they're going to look at the next two drafts and go, "We're going to get our guy." You're not. So the Jets, yeah, the, I right. I mean, the complicated factor with the Jets is the Jets would basically have to tell Aaron Rodgers, "You're done." Okay, we don't want you back on a bum Achilles. Sorry, get out. I would love for the Jets to go and get Kyler Murray as their franchise guy and end this Zach Wilson nonsense. The Giants should do it. You all should do it. The Steelers. Come on, we know what Kenny Pickett is. Sure. I thought you were going to say the Raiders, which... No. I actually think the Raiders should be in, in the running, too. I don't. 
That teams like the, the Raiders. The, the, the teardown and rebuild with a lot of these teams doesn't mean that you have to go with the teardown with the quarterback. You can actually get the quarterback, the young when do 25-year-old quarterbacks who are locked in from a price standpoint, right? And this is not a Danny Dime situation where he's overpaid. How many quarterbacks are locked in at 25 at 35 to 40 million dollars? That's the price of a quarterback. Derek Carr is making that and he's 100. But that's the whole point. You go with the quarterback and then you build around him and for the Raiders Listen, Devontae Adams doesn't want to be here. He does want to be on a winner. So you can do the teardown, and then you have a 25- or 26-year-old quarterback to build around, and then the receiving core doesn't make as much money. The running, the, the running, We know the running back room ain't going to make as much money. So you, you change the direction of your franchise. The Vikings should be talking. They're going to move. They were going to move on from Kirk Cousins already. Go get Kyler Murray. Yeah, that makes more sense. They have the skill positions in place at cheap deal, like Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. Their, uh, their roster looks very good in multiple spots. They're not what the Raiders are. And it's counterintuitive to suggest that you should trade for Kyler Murray in the contract but then ship off Devontae Adams. doesn't make any sense. No, if they had no one else, then it's counterintuitive. But they've got other receivers. But you're you're so what you're saying is— It's not Devontae Adams and no one else on the team. Right, but what you're saying is start to rebuild, break it down, send off Devontae Adams, but bring in the guy on the big bloated contract that may or may not work out— but you still have to build the rest of the roster around him. So while you're paying this guy all this money, your team in almost every other position is not ready to contend. How quickly can you like rebuild? How quickly can you rebuild? If you get picks, if you get good picks for Devontae Adams, right? How quickly can you rebuild or get a number one receiver? A potential number one receiver. If you hit it right, you can I mean, get that's him in what, the next year. That's what the Titans were trying to do with Traylon Burks. So far, it hasn't worked out. I'm just telling you, there, there are way too many organizations who are like, ah, hey, we'll see. Yeah, we got a guy who's kind of a bridge guy right now, young guy, maybe has a chance. But like the, I Kenny think Pickett's never going to be an elite quarterback with the Steelers. Stop, just I, cut it off of the pass. I think Enough. you're. I think you're right. I, I think teams like the Vikings or the Steelers make more sense. I don't think a team and where the Raiders are at. I don't think that makes any sense to make that to take that risk. The Jets, like we're talking about teams that are very strong in multiple positions and are potentially a quarterback away. That's not the same thing Wait, for the, a team like the Raiders. Okay. I'm well, talking about the Steelers, I think the Vikings. I think there's the... different situations, but the Jets should be on that list. Should the Giants be on the list? I think you make the argument. The problem is, you know, of course, what you're going to do with Daniel Jones from a money standpoint and how you're going to flip him. I don't think the Cardinals would accept a one-to-one trade of Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones. No. But you signed him. The, the, the thing about the Daniel Jones, though, is they did, it's not like a super long-term deal. They constructed it so that they get out of it quicker than people, I think, really realize because everybody keeps saying, why'd you give them $40 million? Because, I mean, that was some market for quarterbacks, and, hey, we don't really know if we have one, and we don't know if the one's going to be available. But, yes, if you're the Giants, that would maximize your probability of winning. Sure. Demond? Steve, we talked about it during the break, but I've got to ask, how much did that Raider game influence this <laughs> perspective of Kyler Murray? Probably a little bit. I mean, That's they- a lot to build on. One nine and that's five an un- season. That's an undefendable guy. When things are going right for him, now the the next thing with Kyler Murray, as I said, he's got to mature. He's got to become a leader. He's got to do the work off the field. I'll give you three other teams that should be trading for him. Who is Bill Belichick waiting to come along? Like who is he waiting for? Oh, you're a hundred. Go get Kyler Murray. So here's is, is Matt Lafleur. Going to coach the Packers, and they have to do the whole quarterback thing over again because love is a flop. Go get Kyler Murray. Another one. 
The Falcons. They don't have anyone. Ritter's not the guy. Go I'm, get Kyler Murray. We they, saw, hold on. We saw the like league, seven teams. We saw the league have this same sort of example with Lamar Murray. Excuse me, Lamar Jackson this past offseason. Right. And all of these teams that you're mentioning yep. that should have maybe went after Lamar. And they blew it. They said, no, thank you. They blew it. I don't think they're going to go after Kyler. They're, they were wrong. So learn, learn from that lesson because Lamar Jackson has looked great at times. And guess who's going to be the number one seed in the AFC? The Ravens. By the way, I've already listed out eight quarterbacks that I think are better than Kyler Murray. Um, I think the Falcons are the best, your best example of this. Mm-hmm. Because I agree with you in that I don't know why you looked at this roster and went, yeah, we're going to test out Desmond Ritter and see if this works. No, you added pieces defensively. You're much more adequate on the defensive end than you were last year. Your skill positions are absolutely loaded almost everywhere. Wide receiver, tight end, running back. Your offensive line is one of the better ones in the NFL. But you're wasting away with a quarterback who has a turnover problem, and you benched him this weekend for Taylor Heineke. If I'm a Raiders fan, my dream scenario, because you're not getting one of these quarterbacks in the draft. Trade Devontae Adams, trade Max Crosby. No, no, no. You don't have to trade Crosby. Go go straight to the bottom. No, tomorrow tomorrow before the deadline should include a trade of Garoppolo to the Vikings or the Jets. For a seventh-round pick. No. You you can do a conditional and get whatever. It would be a sixth or fifth because of the money, but do a conditional up to a fourth. There are certain teams out there that can't just give up on the season. And the Jets kind of did by sticking with Zach Wilson, but like you see how good they can be. Do it for the players, man. You want a Garoppolo anyway. They were one of the competitors who wanted Garoppolo. Trade Garoppolo, get real return for Devontae Adams, and then go get Kyler Murray all on a Tuesday. Let's go. So ridiculous. That's not Sports Talk Radio. Or I was going to say, if that's not Sports Talk Radio at the highest level, I don't know what you want, folks. Fake what do you mean it's that, ridiculous? Fake trades that'll never happen. Why? Well, first off, the team's already okay. said that he's not going to get traded. Let's, let's, to DeMond's point, there were a half dozen teams that were wrong on Lamar Jackson. They're morons. Mm-hmm. I, think the Steel, I think the Steelers are the prime example. Kenny Pickett is not a franchise quarterback. You could have gotten Lamar Jackson and at a minimum completely, F, not completely, but over the Ravens by making them guarantee even more. Like, that's just gamesmanship. Like, if the, if the Steelers right now were stuck with Lamar Jackson, how do you think the fan? I mean, I'm saying stuck sarcastically. And L. Jackson is playing at this level. The Steelers upside from here for the next three or four years. Would it completely change that division? What are the, what are the Ravens going to go with Tyler Huntley? There were a lot of people saying that. Like, oh, same guy. No. Use a little imagination, okay? <laughs> well, we know why they were saying that was the same guy. <laughs> I know, you know what? I'll tie it to something we talk about locally all the time. Oh, the Knights. I mean, you can't have this many stars. You know, trade away all your draft picks, all your young guys. Yeah. And it's working. And I know football and hockey. Yeah, are but no, I, but my point is they the the Knights broke the mold and it's working. They got themselves a cup. And so many times in the NFL, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a good one. Go back and look what the the Colts wound up trading Marshall Falk to the Rams for nothing. And I remember at the time, you know, living back in the Northeast, and the Giants could have used a running back, and it's like he went for nothing. He's a Hall of Fame running back. And I know running back's been devalued since, but 
You can break the mold every once in a while just because no one does it. No one trades for a quarterback who's making 35 or $40 million. Well, if there's one available and it almost never happens, like Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, yeah, but, do it. But, Try something different. But the flaw with your premise is that you're 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 operating under the assumption that Kyler Murray is his proven commodity when he he's is. not. He's he that's the biggest he's, flaw he's got, in your he's, argument. He's got he's got the goods. He's had really good moments in the league. Yes. Now the next level is him getting with a real coach and a real organization. You don't think Kyler Murray would be awesome with the Steelers? I don't with know. Mike Tomlin. There's a chance he and, won't and, be. and a real OC. There's a chance he won't. There's a chance he wouldn't. You don't know. Like you're invoking Marshall oh, Falk and Lamar Jackson. Like we know what these guys are. Lamar Jackson won an MVP. Kyler Murray's called like he. They started what? What did they start that year? Like ten and one. I uh, whatever it was, and they I, ultimately flamed out. I so hope no. You know what? In the end, if no one calls the Cardinals, he comes back and he starts to show real signs that he's fine with the ACL. And then they go in the draft and they get Marvin Harrison Jr. and a left tackle or a great defensive end. Mm-hmm. And then two years from now, they're you know they're eleven or twelve win team, and everyone's I like, mean, oh, I can't believe this happened." That's yeah, I could, I told you, go get him. I still don't understand this though. If he's such a proven commodity, I still don't understand why the Cardinals want to trade him. I just think there's too there's too many. Uh, everyone knows where the bodies are buried. Wow. Sometimes you need a fresh start. That's a good point to kickstart things. To become who you really are. Yes. Top seven quarterback in the NFL. Uh, you, you know what happened? We, we got to go to break. I'll, I'll finish up on this on the other side. It's Cofield and Company. Back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Stop all being the same, NFL. Stop. I'm glad you looked that up. I was talking about Marshall Falk and how much that changed the NFL. Back in uh, 98, when the Rams traded for Marshall Falk and other teams were kicking the tires, the Rams get him, and then in a great offense, he goes for over 2,000 yards, rushing and receiving combined three straight years. Okay. But the team that traded him got in the next draft a Hall of Fame running back. They did get Edron James. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but what's the likelihood that everyone's going to nail it in the draft that are all waiting on this quarterback? So, if you're just tuning in, I was making the case that a bunch of teams should be, if his value is kind of low right now, should be trading for Kyler Murray. But these guys are against it. Yeah. The NFL just there are organizations that will not make bold moves. I think the Rams, Rams make bold moves, but I have no idea what their cap situation would be with Stafford. But if I were a Rams fan, man, if you could – well, they got a bad break yesterday because Stafford's thumb is jacked. Mm-hmm. So he would have been a perfect guy to be a fill-in for the last you know eight weeks of the season for a contender that's run into quarterback problems. So I just think your roster has to be – if you're going to take a swing like that, your roster has to be in a very good place. I don't, I don't agree. I think it has to be a solid place, but he's 25. He's not 34. It's not one of these, hey, he's a two-year guy. No, he's your guy. Now, I guess if you want to do the ultimate touche, although he's a lot older, um, Broncos seem like the only team, as it turns out, that wanted to get Russell Wilson. He had a weird game yesterday, didn't he? He threw three touchdowns and was like 115 yards passing, but they dominated on defense, made Patrick Mahomes turn the ball over. 
It's a whole new AFC West now, man. All I know is that they won, Steve. That's all that matters. Getting the W. Broncos. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's funny. Last week I heard Phil Simms uh, after the Chiefs destroyed the Chargers, and he comes on after the game, and he's always, it's always brilliant. It's always really deep, divey analysis. He's like, all these people talking about the Chiefs and you know, things aren't working the right way. They look good to me today. It's, it's one game. And the Chargers' defense was dreadful that day. Were people saying that the Chiefs weren't looking good? I think a lot of us have had questions about them. I heard, again, I listened to a bunch of radio during the day. I heard, I actually heard Jeff Schwartz say that the Chiefs need another reliable underneath receiver. Like he wanted them to go back and get Juju Smith Schuster. Everyone, everyone who analyzes that team is either, hey, they're going to develop the deep guy or they need to get a deep guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, they need an underneath guy. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I mean, I well, mean you, you, do you really think you think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC right now? No, I would. Th- I mean, I think currently constructed of what I've seen so far, I'd give the nod to Baltimore. They seem like the most complete. And Jackson's playing some really good football. So look at Baltimore's schedule the rest of the way, because they didn't have a great season last year. Their matchups, they don't play a lot of the big boys around the league down the stretch. Yeah, and I mean, the Chiefs. What is it? Is it next two or three weeks? They have to go to friggin' Germany, mm-hmm. which. I guess good on the NFL, way to mix things up, to have one of the top teams, the defending Super Bowl champ, go to Germany to take on the Dolphins, and they play the Eagles, I think, a couple games after that. Or maybe a try. No, it's after a bye. So, yeah, I don't know if the Chiefs are going to get through the season at, uh, you know, 15-2, and 14-3. and three. No. I that's going to happen. I think the Ravens actually can. I didn't think they were going to do that. I just – I think my view is slanted for a few reasons, one of which is I view them to the prism of betting. And going into yesterday, they'd been like five and two against the number and covering. And it's so weird when you hear and talk about teams struggling, but they're like covering and winning by margin almost every single week. I think they're flawed, sure. Yeah. But when you have a quarterback of that level and a play caller of that level, your floor is raised that you can overcome those things. What? The extra time to read up on Kyler Murray, nothing. Uh, no, I was just looking at, I was looking at Baltimore's schedule, and it's not a, cup, a cupcake walk the way you think it is. What are you talking about? They've got Seattle, they've got Cleveland, they've got Cincinnati, they've got the Chargers. Okay. Those are pretty tough opponents. Yeah. Coming back, Matt Jacobs is going to help us uh, come up with a pick. Alina like for the Raiders on the Lions. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gaming. On ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Let's bring in Matt Jacob, Monday guest, gambling expert. John Von Tobel's here. It's Cofield. What's up, Matt? Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Good weekend, I hope? Yeah. It's been a good Monday. We've been arguing about Kyler Murray for the last half hour, who I love, and apparently oh, uh, no one else does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why? Uh, I've been making the pitch that I, I think there's like seven organizations out there that, that should stop playing games with their quarterback and go get them. You sounded like you were anti-Kyler Murray. Uh, I necessarily disagree with your stance, Steve. I just – I don't know about where Kyler Murray's head is. I mean, he's got the skills. Um, he's shown that it flashes at times. But then he's, you know, he's disappeared at times, too, and seems disinterested in playing football. Um, is he better than probably some of those teams you mentioned? Oh, I wouldn't think there's any doubt, because I know there's a lot of bad quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So it, it kind of depends on the team and the, and the culture that he'd be dropped into. But, um, you know, if he did want to take a big pay cut, which I don't think he would, he, uh, you know, he might be a guy to go after. But uh, it's an interesting topic for sure. Uh, let's talk about this weekend that passed. Uh, apparently, a lot of people who laid 
the eight with the Ravens really got jobbed in the last two and a half minutes of the game. Yeah, they sure did. And, you know, who recovers an onside kick anymore? Nobody. (laughs) And then they recover and then they miss a field goal, but it's the defensive penalty on on offsides. They kick the field goal, cover the spread. It was a smart play play by the coach to kick kick that field goal. You know, he wasn't trying to do anything nefarious with the points where he was trying to win the football game the right way. Um, Brutal beat. Uh, you know, I had uh, I wasn't on that one, but I was on the uh, Bills uh, earlier in the week, minus mm-hmm. eight. And uh, I'm so glad I didn't watch the end of that game. I was out and about dinner for the second half because I'd probably be buying a new TV today after hearing <laughs> how that one ended. This really? Is- would you? Would anyone in the room really break a TV? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Okay. No. no, I don't think I would ever. <laughs> it's an exaggeration. Damon? I'm not, you get me in the right situation, maybe. Um, I... If I had a small one, because I'm a Jets fan, if I had a small one, the year that Trevor Lawrence was up as a number one pick and the Jets won a game and then won another, I would have broken a small TV. Instead, I, <laughs> instead, I actually I sat there in front of the TV and cried a little bit. Not lying either. <laughs> it, was, it was so sad. Look at how it's played out. Um, all right, what's, what, give me some angles. Go ahead. Wait, really quick. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I want to get your thoughts on here is one of the things that really irritates me is the hindsight, right? So you saw a bunch of gambling Twitter yesterday go, see – this is why I bet the Ravens in the first half. Or, see, this is why you don't lay those points on the road. Like, no, screw you! Right. You could just sit right. there and say, no, I knew. I knew that they were going to be up by 10 and then not recover an onside kick. And then, of course, the first <laughs> kick would miss, but it would be called back because of a penalty. So then you get another shot at the the field goal that would put him inside of the number. Screw you! You didn't know! <laughs> Sounds like somebody had the Ravens yesterday, huh? Oh, that and uh, that one yeah, and we lit a fire. How about, how about watching within minutes? Not only that, but I think ten minutes prior, PJ Walker throwing a pass that bounced off a helmet was then subsequently intercepted, and watching the Seahawks go down and win that game by four when you had three and a half. It was a great. It was like a great fifteen minute span for me. <laughs> it's brutal, but no, that's what you get when you go on gambling Twitter. Though you're going to get these uh, knuckleheads who stand out there and, they, and they, they'll tell you they know something when they don't, and. Uh, you just got to take it with a grain of salt, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's 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 weird how that that sort of culture has developed in the last few years, especially with sports betting becoming more and more uh, prevalent across the country. Um, and it, it's just, I try to stay clear of that stuff and just try to keep it on the on the straight and narrow with what I do because I just you you could end up getting high blood pressure, higher blood pressure for me, I should say, because mine's already high enough, so I just don't need that. Uh, Lions and Raiders. Lions currently seven. So, give us some of the angles you're thinking about in this game for Monday Night Football. Yeah, it's interesting to see the line come down. It's a lot of late Raider money. It seems like uh, based on the screen I'm seeing. But here's the thing: I like with Detroit. Uh, I like Detroit in this game for a few reasons. I, they've been a strong bounce back team the last couple of years or last year, last single year. It's only four game sample size, but they're four and zero straight up against the spread in the last calendar year off a loss. They won those games by an average score of twenty nine to ten. Three wins by two plus TDs. They've held each opponent to 14 points or less, and the defense has only given up, being, like I said, nine points a game. Goff's played really well. Um, and I don't truly trust the Ra- Raiders. So there's back-to-back road games coming off that Bears, Bears loss last week. And you know, look at the Raiders in their last six road games dating back to last season. The offense doesn't show up. 16-10, 17-10, 17, and 12 points. Um, so, yeah, I laid, the po- I laid the points here. I laid, I laid seven and a half. I didn't get to get better of the number, obviously. I thought it was going to go up. Uh, with Detroit, but um, you know, look at, since the week one upset in Denver, the Raiders have lost three straight road games to the Bills, Chargers, and Bears by twenty-eight, seven, and eighteen points. So, this game being in Detroit in, in front of their home crowd, a rare Monday night home game, I think they're gonna be raring to go. And I think I think the Lions step up. 
Let's react to uh, more of last week and start looking ahead to this week in the National Football League. Uh, Damon had sent over that uh, Brock Purdy is a fraud. Are the Niners a fraud? Uh, what has this three-game losing streak done for you? I wish they were a fraud because I can't stand the 49ers and their fans, but that's be that that's let's that's secondary to this analysis. Uh, no, they're not a fraud. Uh, Purdy struggling. You know, he was going to get figured out eventually. Um, he may not be a top-tier NFL quarterback, and this. You know, he may be something in between what he was in his first, you know, nine, ten NFL starts and what he's been the last three. But they still got McCaffrey if he stays healthy. And Debo's going to come back. And they still got a strong defense. And so, and, and look, guys, the NFC and really the AFC, too, where are the strong teams? Who's, who do you really, really believe in? You believe in Philadelphia, maybe Detroit, and San Francisco in the NFC. I don't I don't really trust me. I don't trust Dallas. Look what, look what the Niners did to Dallas, and they always do to Dallas. So the Niners are still a Super Bowl contender. They'll get it figured out. It was a tough three-game stretch, um, you know, a couple of road games, you know, with a short week of a, of a home game uh, against the Bengals team that here they come, you know, here comes Cincinnati. I really wish I had a ticket three weeks ago. I think it was 41 on the Bengals because yeah. that would be a nice ticket to be sitting on right now. Uh, looking ahead to this week, Thursday night football. Uh-oh. Is Will Levis oh, for boy. real? Yeah, look, look at this one. Uh, you know, Will Levis <laughs> and the Titans, plus two and a half at the Steelers. Yeah, it sounds like Levis is going to start uh, this game regardless of what Tannehill's situation is. Um, you know, one game, not a big sample size. I don't really think much of the Falcons. What do you make of the Steelers team, though, guys? I mean, you can't really figure them out. Um, you know, they, they win some close games. They get blown out. They uh, they're, Somehow they're four and three. Um, you know, I, I, they're at home. They usually play well in primetime games under Tomlin, especially at home. So I would be inclined to lean towards towards Pittsburgh in this game, especially if it uh, – it's. I know it started out at two and a half. I think it's at three across the board now. Um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think you're going to see that 36 and a half is low, but I wouldn't shy away from it because I don't trust the, either one of these offenses, especially if Kenny Pickett doesn't play. And the only reason to say Kenny Pickett doesn't play is because Mitch Trubisky is behind him. I don't think much of Pickett, but I think less of Trubisky. Dolphins have failed every test against a contender, and they get another mm-hmm. one against the Kansas City Chiefs catching two and a half. What do you think? And the Chiefs coming off a loss, too. Yep. So, you know, they're going to be rip-roaring, ready to go. And, you know, you wonder how much of that game yesterday was Mahomes' illness. He doesn't look himself, but he hasn't really looked himself in certain spots all, all season. So this game being in Germany is a tough spot for both teams. But, you know, because of what you just said, John, I, I you can't trust Miami. I mean, two games is two games. It's not ten. But they didn't look good uh, against Buffalo for sure, uh, and they struggled in Philadelphia. They never really were in that game. So uh, I don't like going against Kansas City off a loss. Um, but I tell you, I think I probably, as, as scary as it sounds, I kind of like the over more in this game. I think Kansas City's offense is going to crank it up. I don't think their defense, as good as they've been, has seen an offense as explosive as Miami's in this game. I know. I think the first four London games went under – that usually happens when they go overseas. So this is a 15 and a half is kind of a high total um, given where it is, but I would lean, I would lean over and I would be more inclined to lay the point, especially if it's under three with Kansas city than take it with Miami. But I'll tell you what, if this, this is end up to be the game, it could be, I would love this for an AFC championship game. Matt, before we brought you on, Steve was basically saying that Baltimore is just going to walk through every opponent that they have left on the schedule. But I think that Seattle is better than at least Steve's given credit for. How do you see that shaking out? I think Seattle's a better team than, uh, than maybe Steve's given them credit for. I like Baltimore, too, but here's what I don't like. I don't like Baltimore in the playoffs. I, until until Lamar Jackson shows me something in the playoffs, I just I just don't trust them. They're on a nice roll here, but when you look at what Baltimore, you know, three straight wins, and, and they should have covered that game last week, obviously, Sunday, 
Um, but, you know, still a team that went to Pittsburgh and blew that game and lost. They somehow lost to Indianapolis at home, uh, scoring only 19 points. They're a very up-and-down team. Maybe they're catching fire now. Um, could they be a one or two seed in the AFC, uh, getting hot at the end of the season, you know, with their schedule they have left? Yeah. Um, in this game, I kind of like Seattle. I think Seattle's proven themselves on the road. Um, and I, I'll take the points in this game before I would land with Baltimore. Matt Jacob is with us here on Cofield and Company. Um, do you guys know what the look ahead was for Vikings and Falcons? Because now it's Falcons four and a half with the Vikes in uh, sort of quarterback confusion. There are rumors they may go and get mm-hmm. Jameis Winston, but do you know what the look ahead was? Because this seems like a pretty healthy number for Atlanta. I tried to find it and I couldn't find it, uh, but you know it's too bad because I you know Minnesota was really starting to play well. I know I know Big Cousins takes a beating. No pun intended uh, in both the the regular NFL community and the NFL betting community, but you know I think the guy's leading. The, I think he's tied for the league leading touchdowns this year. Um, you know he's playing really well. He ripped apart a really good 49ers defense, and so it's a shame to see him go down. So yeah, it's tough to know what to do with this game without knowing what Minnesota's going to do at quarterback. But uh, you know I also don't know what Arizona's. Gonna, I'm sorry, Atlanta's going to do at quarterback because um, you know I I've always thought. Uh, I can't remember if it's Tyler or Taylor. I think it's Tyler Heineke. I was thinking he's, he's a, more than a serviceable quarterback. He's certainly better than Desmond Ritter at this point. I don't. I don't know what the what the love of Desmond Ritter what it stems from, but he's shown me nothing I mean, for the majority of his early career in terms of throwing the football. So um, you know, am I, do I want to lay points with the Falcons after they just blew a game and in, in, against the Titans team playing a rookie quarterback? No. So I, I would I would wait to see what Minnesota's quarterback is and then maybe. Look at taking the points with the Vikings. Look ahead last week was Falcons minus one at Superbook. Hmm. Okay, so three and a half. And three and a half point difference from Kirk Cousins to – And a drop on th- in the total in three points too. Darren Hall, really? Look ahead total was about 41. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's, do, let, let's do a couple of college look ahead. Yes, real football. Let's do this. Oh, boy. I, I'm <laughs> very spirited today, yelling a lot. Um, are you okay with Washington and USC if we break it down? Uh, I already bet USC plus three. Okay. Uh, what do you think of this one? Huskies laying the points. I love the over. Um, <laughs> let's see how you not. I love the contrast between this game and that uh, Iowa Northwestern game. The, the gaps in the, the gap in those two totals. But um, I can see where JBT is coming from and taking USC because something doesn't seem right with with Washington the last couple of weeks. I mean, they they really did kind of steal one. I guess you could say against Oregon at home. You know, that was a that was a hard fought game down to down to the wire. But before that. They struggled with Arizona, laying 20. You know, they, they barely got by Arizona State. They scored 15 points and were laying 28. And then last week against Stanford, they gave up 33. So, you know, Washington is weird right now. They, they, they've been on a roll. They haven't lost since almost a calendar year. But they're not covering point spreads. And uh, this is USC's, you know, Rose Bowl, really, because they, they're cooked after uh, those losses and darn near lost another one. But So I can see the, I can see the USC side. But – more inclined to, to be totally square here. You know, bet the over, bet it now. It's just going to keep going up. Um, but I just see points galore because, you know, USC 49, 34, 48, 41, 41 in their last five games. And some of those offenses aren't very good. Matt, we're up against it. Tell people in uh, Vegas and uh, up online who are listening where they can find your stuff. Yeah, my stuff basically is at oddspedia.com. I do several write ups there a week. Also at betkentucky.com and then my Twitter feed. All kinds of nuggets, trend stuff at Matt R. Jacob on Twitter, or X, whatever you want to call it. Thanks, Matt. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Good luck tonight. There he is, Matt Jacob on Cofield and Company. Boy, oh, boy. I just saw – There's these are actually old stories, but uh, breaking a little while ago during the show right before. 
Iowa announced that Brian Ferentz, their OC, is not coming back. They're 6-2. I mean, he hasn't done a great job. They're winning. Why would you announce it now? What, is it going to motivate him to get that you know part of the Big Ten? And then the other one is that Jameis Winston nugget I threw out there about uh, the Vikings are kicking the tires on a trade. I would have done like an hour. I know you would have been into that on uh, Jameis to the Vikings. Oh, yeah. Save their season. Leave them to Super Bowl. No one loves Jameis Winston. We might. This show might love Jameis Winston more than his family does. Yep, hundred percent. Iowa, hundred thirty third in offense. By the way, I think we know why.